welcome to Risk Roundup. Today, as digital data becomes a criminal commodity, it is driving a range of criminal activities, including phishing, farming, malware distribution, hacking of corporate databases, extortion, and you know so much more. At all levels, the tools used by cyber criminals, which are supported by a very mature infrastructure of malicious code writers and some specialist web hosts and uh, so many individuals that are able to lease network of hundreds of thousands of compromised computers to carry out many, many automated attacks are individually and collectively posing a direct threat to security of cyberspace, geospace, and space. Now, since the criminal threat from cyberspace has become multidimensional and is targeting individuals and entities across nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia at a rapidly growing rate, combating cyber crimes has become one of the top priorities for every nation. Now, since cyber crimes from cyberspace can be technically complex and legally intricate, rapid advances in the functionality of information communication technologies and inherent differences between nations, legal systems bring complex challenges for cybercrime investigation. To discuss investigating cybercrime further, I'm delighted to welcome advocate Vicky Shah to Risk Roundup. Vicky is an advocate, author, speaker, legal advisor, and trainer to police officers in India for cybercrime investigation. He speaks frequently on cybercrime safety awareness and prevention and is author of Are You Protected? The Handbook. Welcome, Advocate Vicky. We are delighted to have you on Risk Roundup. Thanks, Jayashree. Uh, it's a privilege to be with you. Wonderful, Vicky. So it seems that there is now a sophisticated and self-sufficient underground economy in cyberspace in which digital data has become the criminal's commodity. What do you think is driving this exploding cyber criminal activity today? See, uh, so, uh, there is this trust which brings customers to your business. And you know, uh, most of the times criminals are targeting the businesses because you have data which is in itself an economy. It's no more uh, only information or a process information. The definition of data from the process information has changed to a data with economy benefits and there are a lot of information which can be used against an individual id can be compromised they can impersonate someone misrepresent someone and by the time you find out you know who is responsible it's already too late at times so data being the new uh, asset uh, class and you know people wanting to have more data which could be used for their own benefit we see a lot of increase in crime uh, of late uh, across the globe. Very true, very true. And over the years, advances in information communications and digitization technologies and the democratization of information has given rise to this globalization of cyber crimes where the personal information, like you just said, has become a commodity and it moves far too quickly for conventional law enforcement methods to keep, you know, keep up. So, what do you see a threat because of this? Uh, see, to be, to, if I were to speak in terms of Indian context, uh, in the last, you know, uh, I've been in this domain from 14 years now. 
and uh, this financiers from the month of april uh, if i were to say there are a lot of cases which are reported because of awareness which is there also the people uh, they feel that if they don't report there are other people who can be duped so that kind of sensitivity is also been uh, taken into account which earlier was not the case they were afraid that if they go and uh, report a crime people will laugh at them they will be a laughing stock you know their reputation is at stake which is now changed the mindset is changed also with the digitization and the digital uh, india initiative and the digital payments in india uh, most of the things are you know from offline is moving to online so that again is one of the reasons for people to be more aware more secure and more forthcomingly reporting the incidents which they were not otherwise doing earlier if we were to see 2 years 3 years back there were less reported cases which is now increased so that's because of awareness and as it happens then there are other people who can safeguard themselves from similar incidents because of such things which are being reported uh, in the public domain that is really you know very good news that the awareness is increasing and people are you know reporting this kind of crimes that they are you know facing irrespective of whether they are individuals or you know entities uh, whether they are in governments or whether they are in you know industries or in academia they are coming forward to report on what is you know what vulnerabilities uh, and what crimes are happening to them that is a really good news now the globalization of cyber crime blurs this traditional distinction between threats happening to individuals or entities across nations in government industries organizations in academia or even to the military and it does not respond to the single jurisdiction approaches to policing that you know nations were so used to over the years now the liability of these networks to exploit for a number of different you know reasons and number of different motives and the ease with which these uh, criminals move from one type of illegal activity to another it suggests that the silo you know boundaries that we had so far in you know managing the security risk and this territorialism in all its formats has become obstacle to successfully combat the misuse of this you know internet information communication technology so from your assessment what you see in india what are the jurisdictional challenges you know that are becoming obstacles when addressing cyber crimes so uh, we have a very beautiful piece of law which is the information technology act and it has a international territorial jurisdiction so if an offender commits an offense outside india he or she can still be prosecuted in india as if they have done offense within india so there is a international jurisdiction which is already there and uh, the only uh, issue here is it is a time consuming process because we have to uh, follow the procedure of mlet which is the mutual legal assistance treaty and letter of rogatory the sub fianice process in in that fashion so uh, at times it becomes a time consuming process for cooperation uh when it comes to national security concern or threat to nation the cooperation from the uh, international uh, jurisdictions are very much uh, received on time uh, uh more to do uh, what happens is it typically the offenses when it it uh, talks about the social media platform because those companies being out of india uh, of late there have been initiatives taken where the data localization is being in demanded by the government for the foreign companies so that will ensure that the data of the indians are residing in india 
and it can be catered to them within the time frame required for the law enforcement agencies to prosecute convict and otherwise uh, the judiciary is getting trained there are special cyber courts in india each state has a cyber appellate tribunal which is the it secretary of the state as a judicial officer for that so a lot of initiatives have been taken in this uh, uh, regards that's that's really good to know now the act that you talked about it, it does it matter you know what nationality those cyber criminals uh, have or is it you know uh, specific to indian you know national origin people who are doing the cyber crimes there is no nationality bar here anybody even if they are a us or a uk or a any country citizen doing something wrong in india against indians they are equally treated as a, a criminals and not any uh, there is no exception for that that's really good to know now the courts that you talked about how qualified the personnel that they have you know the individuals leading those initiatives in each state how qualified are all those you know individuals and how competent are those courts especially not with the human resources that we have but the tools and technologies they have and you know the uh, understanding about the intricacies of this you know complex uh, complexities of the cyberspace uh, that is out there how how much are they educated what is the level of education and competencies that they have that they can you know confidently and you know comfortably and competently address all the criminal challenges that are you know emerging from cyberspace so uh, this profile is the ias officer the indian administrative services they are they could be either engineers doctors you know graduate in their own stream but they have a judicial experience because they are also district uh, judges in some profiles and it information technology department is being headed by them they are the it secretaries of this department so the overall it policy for the state overall development of the it initiatives for the state are under their control so they understand fair amount of technology the involvement of the systems in place the role of technology which influences such uh, crimes plus they are given powers under the law to frame their own uh, community of experts committee of experts which can assist the courts which is the like uh, mks query the friends of the court they can have their own experts which can be uh, involved and help them to decide the technicalities if required and legally they are given the powers of the court uh, because it's a tribunal and it's a uh, quasi judicial authority the time frame which generally the court takes is around uh, you know 5 to 10 years and this could be anything from 6 months to 2 years so that kind of time frame is what they have uh, to deal with uh, if uh, and this is again a transferable uh, position so you know maybe after their tenure of couple of years 3 years 5 years depending on the performance or otherwise the profile the state can always change the it secretary on their performance so it's it's but they have some background of it they have some judicial experience to that they may not some of them may not be technically competent uh, as far as education qualification is concerned but the judicial mind is already there which is of natural justice and principles plus the law gives them the power about what factors they need to consider before de- deciding the quantum of punishment and penalty so this is already been there and there have been numerous cases which are available online through the portals of respective states and uh, a good amount of convictions and the cases have been decided uh, in the recent past so overall if you see it's a good step uh, this will always you know there is always a scope of uh, improvement which is going to be there with due time 
but at least there is a special forum where a person can go and file the grievance for his damages to be uh, recovered which was not the case otherwise available for the you know, uh, citizens or uh, companies where in case if they were at difficulty sure of course now that is uh, always a, you know first good step but then you know we also have to address what are different variables what requires in that uh, uh, ecosystem to you know very comfortably and confidently address all the cyber criminals or you know to even investigate the cyber crimes what is necessary so as cyber intrusions become more commonplace and more dangerous and more sophisticated because of cyberspace any form of theft fraud or exploitation can probably be perpetrated programmed or backed by a computer now as a result today and every day even as you see in india millions of people are being victimized by some sort of cyber uh, computer crime or cyber crime so from what you see in india what is the state of cyber crimes i mean you said that you know people are now coming out and talking about it or reporting and you know they are their education awareness is there but what is the state of cyber crimes how you know many cyber crime attacks are happening you know who is being targeted and what kind of attacks are happening so there are mix of uh, experiences in i mean when we read the reported articles in the news media and otherwise the clients who approach us so the target is typically the individuals the companies the uh, and you know at times society at large about certain specific like we had something called as blue whale in the past now something has uh, momo challenge has come up so you know for kids it is with respect to those threat when it when we talk about individuals it is about their banking account security their debit card security the otp is the two factor so you may be surprised that india was the first country in the globe to have two factor authentication mandated by the regulator which was in 2009 and now the countries are repeating or uh, you know they are wanting to replicate this in their own countries so and in terms of payment if you were to speak you know we have a, a cross platform interoperable uh, platform called upi which is unified payments interface which allows safe and secure transactions across banks uh, with individuals which is again a global first uh, no other country is doing this so we, there is a lot of innovation which is happening in the payment space and the security per se uh, people who are targeted are typically the businesses uh, uh, proprietor level business because they have less controls in place they are not knowing what Uh, it policy is or what is a obj- control objective or what is a audit or you know something on those lines so those are the ones who are being targeted then there are people who use private email accounts uh, which are for business corporate they don't use a secured uh, mechanisms which are available the settings which are there typically the two factor and the otp based systems or application specific passwords so sometimes they don't configure it because they uh, there is lack of awareness there uh, so they may be targeted or uh, for the college going uh, teenagers typically their profiles are being you know compromised or they are fake profiles created for them because they have a different kind of you know uh, threat and risk uh, per se uh, overall if we were to see the number of complaints uh, and the type of complaints that are being uh, observed in the in the recent past maybe 2 3 years so we see business frauds uh, which is right from the impersonation to misrepresentation id theft Uh, for individuals we see more of their debit card uh, wallet and other uh, channels which are being compromised because of lack of awareness at times uh, then there are uh, people who represent as they are bank employees or authorities and they want to compromise the details on the phone through social engineering techniques so some people get victimized through that uh, means also 
and these are typically in the age group of senior citizen where they don't know about whether a banker will call you for you know freezing or defreezing a debit card or a bank account so those challenges will there but if uh, the uh, overall our average age of indians is you know 28 years 26 years so uh, that uh, that way people are being very smart to use their uh, online uh, data as well as uh, the banking systems so we have a mix of cases which is with business thread as well as individual but uh, the quantum is not uh, very high when it is about personal uh, uh, what do you call the id uh, level of issues but if it is related to finance then there is a big volume depending on the capacity or the limits of the transactions you know that could be the risk or loss so we also have a regulator uh, which is rbi which has come with a circular last year where they have limited the liability of consumer if they report the fraud on time and they are found not guilty so banks have to compensate them and banks need to have cyber insurance in place and you know the liability is more on the bank to prove that the customer was at fault rather than the customer to be proving that they are innocent so those kind of uh, regulatory measures are also in place so we have a regulator which is sebi the insurance regulator the irda we have uh, you know rbi for banks so all of them have their own cyber security framework so that makes most of the companies accountable to process and protect the data of the customer so from the compliance and the con- uh, company perspective they need to do a lot than the user itself user have to be uh, following basic hygiene and uh, small few do's and don'ts which will ensure that the data is safe at their end uh, but and we have also seen people you know at times where they used to write uh, atm pin on the debit card and give the card to their office boys or the office staff to go and get cash so then if some some fraud happens through this then they are not protected under this uh, circulars or the guidelines because you are giving a key to a person and then you can't say oh i was robbed you know so even those kind of activities is also been observed at times Yes. uh then there is a mix and match of uh, system and a physical uh, way of crime where a physical activity is done to take the information which is then online used and then a particular targeted attack is also performed uh i also be, i mean uh, successfully i have been able to help my clients recover money in online frauds which is a very rare thing when you see uh, invoice is being changed through a email uh, man in the middle attack and then the accounts are changed so few countries have a good policy like for example poland uh, has a policy where if you report any transaction suspicious the government says you have 3 weeks of time to come and depose your case and if you are found uh, with merits you get your money back which is you know some 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 things like this should be followed by other countries as well then there are times when we find loophole in the intermediary uh, and then the money also comes then there are business contracts between the clients which says that if there is a reliance on the fake a uh, correspondence then the liability of payment is with the person who uh, remitter who uh, makes the payment so even those uh, provisions can be invoked to recover money so i have, we have been successfully uh, helping our clients to even recover money in such frauds also uh, i mean i have four uh, such case successful case studies where uh, if i were to talk in terms of dollars uh, 1 lakh uh, 2000 dollar then about uh, 96000 Uh, in one case it was 1.25 crore rupees in one case it was 1.40 crore so you know it's a very high amount for a particular business mid size uh, uh, smes who are typically having the turnover of that quantum so there have been a success uh, also in receiving money there have been cases where there is partial money also recovered there are cases where we have found a liability of both the parties you know that there is a compromise at both the ends so 
in those cases both the parties have agreed to settle and you know uh, accept the uh, 50% loss and 50% profit good so good. they so businesses are understanding this kind of risk and they are also open to such uh, dynamic uh, you know terms and conditions apart from blaming each other that because of you we suffered loss or because of us you suffered loss so even that kind of shift is what what i'm seeing here good good no that is uh, good to know but from what you see in india and for the cases where you are involved or or the cases that you have witnessed uh, who is behind these cyber crimes so uh, we see sometimes there are uh, uh, external threats people who are out of india there are sometimes uh, competitor rivalry there are people who are employed with some company who are implanted in another company you know to get this in, uh, corporate espionage and you know information uh, from them uh, we also see sometimes uh, people who have no head and tail of it are also a part of this for example uh, a couple of years back so last year we had a issue with one of the uh, banking application where there was a flaw in the app the app was such uh, the flaw was such that the application never used to talk to the core banking system and it used to give a positive confirmation to the payment switch for settlements so this was identified by a person who was a software engineer and he then exploited this vulnerability and you know duped lot of people in the villages where he went and said you will be getting fund from the jandan scheme you have to give your debit card and your mobile number and then he configured the banking application in his own phone and used to use this exploit to uh, siphon off funds so there are at times when companies do not have proper uh, user acceptance testing or the uh, auditing done before a product which is launched and then you find uh, you know a issue which is exploited by the third party and then the frauds are happening so we have seen international players also domestic players also who are involved for such frauds i see i see now if we talk about uh, any crime happen irrespective of whether it's a blackmail or whether it's a financial fraud or somebody's identity is stolen or some other kind of you know crime cyber crime has uh, occurred in india or uh, any the pe- people go and then report you know individual or entities you know business or anybody you know they realize that they have become a victim of cyber crime they go report that cyber crime so how does the investigation follows what are the you know different steps and who is involved in that investigation and what is the uh, process that follows for the investigation so uh, when we talk about cyber crime investigation uh, in the indian law it is termed as a computer related offense a cyber crime globally does not have any definition per se it is it's a misnomer which is generally used to represent any offense which is communica- uh, which is performed or which happens through the use of computers so typically when a person is a victim he or she needs to go to the police station that's the first thing what they need to do they need to document everything about what is the fraud what is the incident which happened how it happened what was the impact of it because of that what has happened either there is a data loss there is a account compromise or there is a money which is gone each and everything has to be detailed documented after this documentation which is uh, detailed it's a written form of complaint which needs to be submitted in the local police station where they stay uh, we also have cyber police stations which has jurisdiction for the entire region of uh, you know bombay and other places in india there are times when local police station also have a power to register the fir which is the first information report it need not be always sent to the cyber cell Uh, the officers are trained each police station so there are, if i talk about bombay we have 90 uh, mumbai we have 93 police stations 
so each police station has a independent cyber cell within the police station so there are five officers who are trained to handle such kind of complaints take the cognizance of it accordingly proceed with what kind of other involvement would be required and there is a cyber police station in itself which can always give a technical assistance if required to this local police stations so we have those kind of arrangement in in the city of mumbai other states have similar uh, groups like special task force or they have a cyber cell high tech cell there are different different names given to them depending on the state but even those are competent to uh, take this complaint after the complaint is filed police does a preliminary investigation and analysis of it they get in touch with the service it's providers. 20 hours uh, sorry they get in touch with the service providers the operators who are involved for such uh, you know who are party to this uh, criminal activity they seek for the logs and their details and then accordingly they find the criminal who is behind it or the perpetrator who has perf- uh, done this it typically takes something a uh, minimum uh, 15 days to around 3 months or 6 months depending on how early the one reports the crime like for example if there is some offense which happens on the 1st of august and i go and complain on 15th of october which is almost 45 or you know 2 months and uh, 15 days like 75 days if if this is the time frame then such issues will take at least 6 to 8 months for investigation because but, old- but that's that's when that's when because because, because uh, you, your voice was missing it skipped no because see the challenge the challenge is that for any cyber crime i mean it if it has originated from the internet and if it takes i mean you said that there are cyber uh, you know units within each police department which is a good thing but at the same time you said that you know it takes from how four to eight weeks or sometimes even more depending on when the crime was reported and if this cyber crime is internet based then you know if each of these data that is critical especially the internet protocol you know uh, the addresses ip addresses and the internet service providers that keep how for how long they keep the data because normally the large internet service providers they don't keep data more than 30 days and if it takes this many weeks just to you know do the processing before you know any data is collected then there is this is a cause of big concern because then pretty much all the data and all the information that could help the investigation it's already gone because the internet service providers don't keep the data so how how do these cyber crime units you know operate uh, optimally and they are able to investigate the cyber crimes when you know the initial processing itself takes so many weeks and months initially the global uh, day, days to identify a particular breach was around 210 days which is now reduced to 180 days okay so any corporate or any big firm or uh, before they even come to know that there is a breach or incident which has happened it takes minimum 180 days for them to identify and once they identify that then they should not further delay it when i say it takes 6 months is because the logs are archived and kept the logs which needs to be available made available it takes time for it to be reloaded and then it is provided so that's why that 6 months for, uh, you know or 3 months or 8 months is required for the logs to be retrieved from the archives and then provided to the police officer there are in so yeah, so you mean to say the internet service providers keep the data for that many months yes. 
So here there are there are uh, companies which keep their logs for one year. There are companies which keep for six months. There are companies which keep for three months. So depending and unfortunately, if you are in that uh, that ISP is used whose data is only kept for three months, then you are uh, you know then there is a challenge for the data to be available. But if if the data is available for one year, six months and above, then there is always a success which you can uh, get. Uh, also, when you see the internet or the telecom base now, most of the mobile uh, telecom companies are providing internet services so they are also isp as well as telecom service provider and they keep the data depending on their company policy so we have uh, a regulator called tri which is the telecom regulatory authority of india and they have given a mandate for them to keep the logs uh, for certain duration uh, discreetly there is no time frame mentioned about how much days they have to keep but uh, with the finance financial records they have to keep it for 7 years so that is taken care in term when we talk about banking systems and the payments so 7 years is what they have to keep the logs so that is always if there is a financial fraud you still have 7 years of time frame to you know investigate find out because 7 years is what they have to mandatorily keep the log when we talk about the internet based ip or email account based or the uh, fake profile on the social media or otherwise then the person once he or she identifies that there is a there is a issue they should immediately complain within a day or max 3 days so that the recent activity which has happened in that period when they identified a particular breach that can be always available within the proper time frame of 3 months to 4 months I see. So that's so, a large so, amount of data that you know stays locked and needs to be preserved. So I'm not sure how all these internet service providers are uh, handling that because India is a large country, and you know, for I don't know how many exactly internet service providers are there, and uh, how much data is being generated every single day that uh, needs to be locked for three months, six months, or one year. So that that will be interesting to know, you know, what kind of uh, how many internet service providers are out there and in India and uh, how much data is being generated. So that uh, would be very interesting to know. But once somebody reports the cyber crime, how are the computer devices handled if the you know crime was device based? So uh, depending on suppose if it's a device based uh, activity, then the seizure. Uh, is always uh, happening then the forensic labs are being uh, there are state forensic uh, laboratories and central government forensic laboratories where this particular devices are sent for their report uh, initially uh, two years back there was a lot of backlog for that but now they, they are pretty fast uh, so it takes six months for a report or eight months for a report to come because the imaging is not only about analyzing of device but to do a bit by bit image to see that there is no tempering done with the device itself and then the relevant evidence is obtained from that particular device. Uh, uh, off late, uh, what we uh, see the challenge is because most of the cloud platforms are used and the data is you know, on the cloud. So the device is only a means to access the data. It's not residing on the device itself because the data is outside on the cloud, which could be on any geographic location. Uh, so those kind of data, then the cloud audited logs and other logs are available, which can you know point out or hint to how and what has been done. So specifically, if there are cases where such uh, things are involved and a different approach of investigation is followed, that's when the technical cyber cell or the cyber police station gets uh, into uh, action. If it is a, a, a slightly lower based uh, 
profile in terms of personal data or a particular uh, profile related issue or an email account or a mobile telecom related you know sms uh, based or whatsapp based or otherwise then it will be dealt with the local police station level where the uh, skills are appropriately to handle such issues if there is a source source code theft or there is a software uh, which gets compromised and then there is a you know uh, other uh, high level issues then there is a different unit which comes into action so th there is a proper segregation of pecuniary uh, complexity and otherwise uh, within the jurisdiction and this is not only in india but it is across the globe you will find similar issues even with the cops in us or even in uk or other countries which are developed countries also because cyber crime is a issue faced by every nation it's not limited to a developing nation like us but still you know uh, there is something interesting uh, thing called as jugad which is the indian you know uh, philosophy sometimes you have conventional way of approach which helps you to investigate rather than being purely technical also at times yes so it's a mix and match of both and then uh, like we have seen a lot of success uh, stories within india if you see uh, by the cops because cops are also learning they are you know getting self educated they are part of discussion forums conferences where we are discussing such trends frauds they also contribute to us then it's a then there are a lot of public private initiatives within our country which helps police to get their skills upgraded Uh, there are companies who are forthcomingly helping them teaching them the new technology there are uh, ex experts there are uh, professionals who spend their time in educating officers officers are also open to learn they are not uh, uh, shy from you know why should we learn uh, you know there is no such attitude issue here so it's a mix and match there are a lot of initiatives by government itself uh, where they take where we also uh, be a part of it we contribute and we try, you know it's it's like a contribution to the society so we feel privileged to be part of such associations and then uh, recently there is a new protection data personal data protection bill which has been uh, draft version has come out in the last week of july which is again made open for public for their comments uh, till 14th of this month uh, i think september of uh, 14th of september and then they will again uh, you know open the revise it as per the latest uh, requirement of the uh, seeing the technology enhancement and all so we, we there are a lot of positive uh, initiatives taken but yes uh, there cannot be a denial that we are still you know uh, far behind uh, this uh, we need more convictions we need more expedited convictions so that there is a confidence and there it acts as a deterrent to this uh, and but whatever is happening is you know there is own, it has own pace at which it happens so sometimes when being a practitioner or being a advocate you feel that you know things should be fast like if i were a judge i i would decide a matter within 6 8 months that's what uh, i mean but you know everybody feels but not everybody gets chance to be that kind of a position then sure but see there are two different aspects right once the crime occurs cyber crime occurs the investigation part is one thing and then the prosecution is another thing so prosecution is a whole different game and that you know can take some time that's not an issue but investigation needs to happen rapidly because you know the nature of the crimes are such that you know you cannot wait for months and years like how you know in the traditional cases and india has a huge amount of backlog you know in all the cases the judicial system is very very slow there so that that is a I, I believe you know one of the challenges that india faces especially i hope that you know the cyber investigation also and prosecution doesn't you know take uh, the same 
doesn't go at the same speed because that would be, uh, you know, defy the purpose of, you know, how to quickly uh, identify the cyber criminals or how to quickly uh, investigate the cyber crime. So that is, uh, you know, I feel that there is a challenge there with India. But uh, you talked about that, you know, the technology, the cyber units, you know, then they come up with the te technical skills and expertise to investigate the cyber crimes as necessary. So how is technology used by these, you know, units for cyber investigations? And do, do you think that they have the necessary technology infrastructure and resources to do their job? So uh, if we were to compare with the population and the officers, uh, the answer would be direct no. But still what happens is uh, each unit has their own, uh, there are tools provided to them. There is a specialized training provided for using those tools. And they use that tools effectively for cases where they require to use it. Uh, if you see the nature of complaint also, you know, what kind of complaints are being uh, reported, that is also very interesting to know. Uh, there are 40% of the cases which do not get reported. Okay. And this may be a personal issue, a company issue, and they will say, okay, if I have to go and do a police complaint, then a FIR and the court and all, it will take more time and more money than rather in that I will, you know, mark this as a loss. So sometimes the companies have those kind of attitude. When it comes to an individual and its life and it's about individual identity, then they go full-fledgedly to investigate because they have to prove it and it will again, you know, affect them otherwise in the future. So depending on the nature of fraud and the case, the strategy is always uh, changes. When we talk about the capacity building, uh, since last 12 years, there is a lot of uh, training which is done by uh, undergone by the police officers. Uh, I started my career with NASCOM and DACI. So we used to train officers. There is They still continue to do so. But also the officers themselves are getting you know self-learning modes. There are a lot of courses which are there e-learning e modules are there which help them to understand certain concepts uh, the i mean we talk about cyber crimes and now we uh, you know blockchain artificial intelligence machine learning this is going to come in the near future so we are about to just learn one part of it and get accustomed to it and then you have something new immediately coming up you know in terms of technology disruption and then you have to again change your uh, approach to that so keeping all this in mind the op it's a never ending uh, learning perpetual field where everybody is a student till they die and officers also take it as uh, a challenge uh, that you know they need to know something they need to know new skills about it uh, but we uh, if you see our country we have more of a law and order issue uh, rather than the actual hardcore uh, criminal because sometimes it is it may be you know a very bold statement to make people may say oh this guy doesn't know even what he's speaking but you know we have uh, sometimes bandwidth issue at remote places thanks to you know geo uh, like uh, services which has ensured that there is no network uh, issue now at even tier 2 tier 3 regions of the country so we still have uh, and you know uh, sometimes we see uh, companies or the uh, entities not doing enough what they have to do like a corporate is expected to do certain basic level of compliances, a basic level of audit, a basic level of system in place. And we find that hygiene is not done by them. Then you can't blame the country and the poor infrastructure for that. It is the issue with the person who was entrusted with their responsibility and he or she failed to do that. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, that you made a key point that that accountability needs to be there. That everyone, not just you know the corporations, but uh, even the individuals, you know, and the governments and academia, everybody needs to be accountable. They need to make sure that they are taking all the steps necessary to protect the data, to make sure that their uh, uh, computers and all the devices are secure. So yes, everybody has a role to play. But you made an interesting point that you know once the only forty percent of the crimes are reported. So that makes me think that yes, you know, in every country it's a challenge that not everything you know becomes a public uh, knowledge. That you know we don't know how many cyber breaches are happening every in every country because not everything is reported. But at the same time, there are some nations that are able to monitor the traffic on the internet, monitor you know what kind of uh, uh, breaches are happening. So even though the public doesn't know that, those agencies you know know what kind of breaches are happening. You know only, and then you know they notify the uh, those uh, specific corporations that you know you were breached, and then they would come to know because otherwise the corporations also would not come to know that there was a you know breach you know as far as the networks go. So there uh, in many countries you know developed countries these agencies these you know units are there that are constantly monitoring the traffic also, on the internet in india, do we have yeah. that in india in india we have a uh, cert in which is the computer emergency response team in india uh, this is attached with the ministry of it and they are uh, re, uh, you know regularly releasing the advisory services in fact, they had also released the WannaCry breach three months before it actually happened. So there are people who are competent. There are people who are doing their job diligently. And we have agency which does monitoring also. Uh, we do not have a specific breach notification law, but the ITX says that any incident which is there, which occurs, need to be reported to certain. So in a way, they are a nodal agency for the country to disseminate information on cybersecurity awareness as well as uh, threats which are there plus the certain is member of other certs which is uh, globally associated and linked so the business uh, the information is again shared among them and then then it is passed to the country but people who are uh, you know in the ecosystem it is also the duty for them to go on this website to read that not always you will be available publicly so they have a public portal on which they publish it but if nobody goes and reads it, it is like, you know, not ineffective. Then you can't blame that we don't have a system which is not doing so. We have a system, but the company should know, okay, there is this body which exists and we need to go and see there regularly for the updates or the CVEs which are being reported. But if the company does not do that, if the person who is interested with this responsibility within the company, like the IT admin or the system admin, if they or the CISO, or if they don't go and do this, then you can't blame that, okay, the country is not doing this. It is there, it is existing, but people are not forthcomingly going and visiting. They wait for an awareness circular to be sent and then they go and see. So the attitude has to change. Are you saying that these are the individuals you're talking about, that they are not going on that uh, portal to see what kind of security threats are, uh, you know, identified or the corporations? No, when we say it is more about individuals because companies are part of it, they have their own... Uh, so we have a certain, uh, we have a financial cert, we have uh, various different forums where people are being notified by the statutory bodies also at times. So, but 
then when we talk about individuals it you know we need to have a more of a mindset and a cultural issue uh, which needs to be shifted from being pro, uh, from being reactive to being proactive uh, which still needs a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of scope for improvement for this because uh, you know indian typically uh, when we see even for corporates or the clients which comes to us sometimes they don't even disclose full information to us they only tell part information and based on that part information we do our strategy but then we come to know that the client only itself is dis- not disclosing information properly which is very vital for the incident you know sometimes even it it it, it happens that way uh, sometimes we also see that all information is given but then the concern information is not properly conveyed by them because of lack of the way it has to be so so there is a challenge there there is no denial for it but uh, you know the uh, how we take that seriously or how deep we go in that Uh, decides the further course of action uh, when we talk about corporates they are members uh, they are by statute required to comply with the indian law people at a level of the senior security officers within the companies they know they have their own close group forums to discuss and share best practices it may not be known publicly always but there are efforts which are behind the scene also been taken at appropriate levels uh, so that's why you find you know less uh breach or breach also only when there is something which is major uh which is completely due to some ignorance only will come otherwise most of the times the uh, issues or incidents are regulated in a way yes no of course and yeah, you are right about that that everyone needs to develop that security centric mindset you know we cannot we don't live in a time where we can depend on the governments completely to you know make sure that every they take care of the security because the nature and definition of security has changed so we all everyone you know individuals as well as you know entities across uh, ngio that means nations its government industries organizations and academia everyone has a role to play when it comes to security today you know it is fact you whether it's cyberspace geospace or space so yes everything is changing and our uh, approach and mindset also needs to change but uh, from your assessment what complex challenges india faces especially when it comes to investigating cyber crimes or prosecuting cyber crimes so when when i talk about investigation there are a lot of times we don't get cooperation from the international uh, providers service providers basically so that's a challenge which is always there that's why you know if you see in the recent past government is very heavy on certain sites to have data localization because that is a demand by the law enforcement uh, because if you don't get information then you know it becomes difficult for the person to be caught uh like for example i uh, had proposed one solution on a public you know a comment for a one incident you know like whatsapp typically a lot of fake news and you know a uh, uh, lot of um inappropriate contents are shared on on such platforms so if we do a time stamping you know the person who post the first post the name the number and the time which is watermarked on that post and whoever may be forwarding it that will never go it has to be always present in that automatically such fraud will reduce within a week because there will be accountability the moment i post something my mobile number and my time goes whoever forwards it further the mobile number and the time will always remain on that post that means if somebody has to find out the originator they need to find the number of this person and then they get to him the moment we have something like this it will be a big big boon for it but then people will cry oh what is about our privacy you know and there is no privacy for us our number is being displayed on the post which we have posted 
we don't want that to be posted so now then people would cry on those lines but this is very important because then you will 80% of the stuff will get stopped which is not happening in the right spirit so this is a very easy solution which can be implemented but it will not be because then you know your privacy concerns are there the platform will uh, lose lose its uh, secure feature of you know anonymity so it, it it's a mix and match of it but many of them may agree many of them may disagree to me which is okay but i personally feel it should be there so that accountability is fixed then when we talk about prosecution uh, so we need so judicial officers are getting trained in in the latest technology uh they are uh, there is there are judicial academies where they run course for such topics where they are taught about the latest uh, trends of frauds and how they happen and what they need to take into account before deciding some matters if it comes to their uh, chambers so that they are aware of the things involved rather than being clueless about how and what is happening uh, i have been part of the judicial training we have done trainings in the uh, we have judicial academy in bombay in bhayandar where the judge, judges are getting trained uh we also have uh, advocates which are getting trained for such uh, technology uh, still you know so awareness and training are the only two tools which is going to be there perpetually for any nation any country whether it is india or anywhere because whatever and how much ever you do for it it is always less you know you always find it is very less because things are changing the technology is growing seven times faster than at the normal world and we still are talking about you know basics of do's and don'ts when we have something new coming up so that challenge is always going to be there but still uh, i would say that uh, most of the people if they change their attitude to be more self uh, you know cautious or vigilant then i think you know majority of such issues can be prevented and it can be addressed by them yes absolutely no i think you made a very interesting point about the time stamp you know on uh, um applications like whatsapp where you know people you know anonymously you know just keep forwarding forwarding and then we don't know where that digital data originates so that that is something that each nation not just you know india but each nation needs to you know collectively agree on that let's tie the digital identity to any flow of data you know where it originates so that irrespective of where it goes we know where the content originated that we will be able to uh, manage like you know some say fake news or you know fake data or you know uh, things like that or any crime originating or any virus you know or malware you know that is being uh, uh company sent you know uh, by those messages or emails uh, in any format so yes we do need to uh, collectively come to an agreement on how we can tie the digital identity how how we can tie the individual's identity and create a digital identity so that we know where who is doing what and you know where the crime originated so this is something that in the coming years we will have to do whether you know uh, this is this is my thesis topic you know my, my i'm doing a phd in eid theft and business fraud so i'm coming with a concept where how do you ensure the identity of the person is fixed because we have n number of documents we have voter card passport pen aadhar uh, ration card bank passbooks so and each of them don't talk to each other you know you can have n number of addresses on them there is no central body to certify you as a identity then there is only one number given to you like individuals we have uh, dna which makes us distinct from each other 
so something you know similar on those lines so it's it's something maybe next time when we talk on those lines i can share more on it but because the theme is cyber crime investigation in india so the position is uh, not that bad if if you ask me in my personal experience uh, we have seen uh, good detections by the officers we have seen good recovery by the officers here uh, but again it depends on the affordability part of it because if there is a corporate they would come and they would you know uh, forthcoming we do this because of the reputation and the corporate compliance but if it is an individual then you know they are very shy for their own reputation because we have seen uh, educated people you know who are doctors qualified doctors engineers lawyers they have been victim to such frauds and then you know they are not openly coming and telling because then the people will laugh oh you being in this profession have fallen into so and so trap so and there are sometimes they are not even at fault somebody just misrepresents them and does something you know like we also are a target like somebody will always want to you know attack uh, try to attack my id and my because i practice in this domain so i am also at equally at threat or at risk which otherwise a normal person would be and i have seen attack uh, attacks and attempts you know people try to uh compromise our emails we get alert about somebody try to you know give a wrong password you know we set those alerts so that's why we come to know otherwise there are people who hardly know that whether this alert also makes some sense for them so the awareness also at a different level different type customized one for different uh, individual different segment of the society is also required and whatever is done will always be you know not at par but at least at a reasonable level where you can say okay 70 80% of the issues are handled the 20% of margin will always be open to uh, compromise or attack so whether it is india or any other country you will always have that you know 70 30 or 80 20 ratio where 70% 80% would be on the right track and that 20 30% would always be need to uh, you know uh, cope up with the uh, 80% sure and that is uh, where the you know big complex challenges lie because now the co- computer code connected computers and internet have have connected everyone you know not only cyberspace geospace and space but also individuals and entities across nations its government industries organizations and academia so even if let's say you know 80% of the people have take all the security measures do all the things right but if the 20% have not done it then you know the whole nation's security is still you know vulnerable and there are complex challenges emerging from that and uh, you made an interesting point about that you know india cares i mean there is a more uh, my the mindset is towards the reputation so a lot of people like you say they don't come forward you know even if it's not their fault in united states and you know western countries uh, that that happen they don't come forward because of the liability issues legal liability and uh, that we don't see more in india because uh, i don't think that uh, legal challenges are there the way uh, it uh, exists the here. new the new law proposes that so the new data protection law says that there will be penalty on the company if they fail to pro- uh, so there is a concept of data fiduciary and uh, uh, there are, the new law is uh, trying to address those risk where a company is made accountable and they will have to pay fine for the breach if they are not taking enough precautions for that but sure. it's going to at the same time like filing lawsuits against you know irrespective of you know what industry not just cyber crime but you know against the doctors or against uh, a corporation that that is still not there in india 
we don't see that many lawsuits emerging like you know it happens in western countries so yes it is still yeah, it does happen, but it is not publicly known like for example there is a consumer forum where the doctors you know if you there is a service deficiency you can go against a, a professional and file a case against them in the consumer court but uh, so if you see there are a lot of cases which are online reported but then there is no centralized uh, agree i mean uh, centralized database which can give you numbers so if, that's why we feel it is not happening but it does exist in silos there are things which are uh, addressed but you will not find everything at one place that is the issue yes so we we because we need everything to be at a center point uh, you know because that's where your statistics your data speaks so there is nothing which we have in central form but it exists in silos in each state each level different different data is sure even if it's not centralized as long as it's reported and that education awareness comes that you know these kind of legal challenges will you know occur you know if there somebody is not being accountable or if somebody is uh, misusing you know uh, people's uh, identity or you know fraud is happening any any kind of crime is happening irrespective of cyberspace you know geospace or space so let's uh, i hope that you know that education awareness you know is more and reporting is more but uh, this is the last point you know because we are almost an hour what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners especially about uh, you know the, the young minds who are out there you know trying to as you must have noticed also and you know as every country has noticed that there are a lot of young people out there who are getting very uh, you know attracted by this uh, whole new you know dark web you know that is has emerged and uh, how easy it is to make money uh, from through you know using the security vulnerabilities of vulnerable people you know so what would you like to tell them especially about the cyber crimes and cyber prosecutions you know and cyber investigation in india so so this uh, to summarize you know this uh, question and one in one line there is a locards principle of uh, forensic you know at every crime scene something is taken and something is left back of the person who does that so internet being a platform though it is anonymous it has a particular mechanism which records everything there is nothing anonymous even if the one feels he or she is anonymous okay so even if there is a dark web involved you have to come to surface for a point to be connected with the dark web so there is a possibility of a person getting caught it is difficult because of the sophistication of tools and the proxies and the other things which are involved but you know then there are trial and error mix and match efforts which are used uh, at times for investigating such frauds and catching people who are doing something behind the scenes so the the message to be uh, given to all uh, global users and in india and across the globe that each country has to unite uh, we have to have a global cyber law in place not a cyber law per country which is only with that state because cyber space is the only space which is international jurisdiction is there okay and it's a common issue common threat faced by each economy whether you are a developed nation or a developing country or underdeveloped the technology is common which is the only means which will communicate and connect everybody across the globe so you have to have a uniform cyber law in place to address it and all the police officers of various states need to have their own community building and talk to each other 
for real time resolutions because some common thread would be common for each country each you know the modulus operandi of a particular attack would be same for some countries and if those law enforcement talk to each other it could be addressed faster yes, so yes. it's a very uh, hypothetical you know long vision kind of a statement but i personally feel going forward we should have a common cyber law across the globe not that okay you are this country so you will have only this much of law and not otherwise because technology does not understand boundaries it does not understand the nature of a country Very it true. is there to give you the facility to be used so if if that is the case then we need a common global cyber law common cyber law Absolutely. which will regulate this rather than each country doing their own bit of it because it is going to then also you know if if it's a common objective of the globe the amount of investment also will reduce because everybody will share the pie of it so it's something which is a very thought process a research oriented topic i mean in itself but i personally feel a day will come where we will have a common cyber law where most of the things like if if we were to uh, do the reality check out of the 209 countries or we have some 71 to 75 countries which have cyber law in place Yes. So yes. there are still countries which do not have this existing in their own country. So they will follow OECD guidelines or the ITU guidelines or you know the global best practices which will be inherited or adopted by them. So a time will come, maybe not today, tomorrow, maybe two five years down the line, where we will see a global cyber law in place. Yes, absolutely. We do need global standards. We do need cyber law, and we do need to move away from uh, working in silos. that is you know uh, the heart of the message that you are trying to say so thank you so much advocate vicky for participating in this round up today we appreciate your thoughtful insight on cyber crime investigation and especially the current state uh, of uh, india's uh, how they investigate cyber crimes and what needs to be the future state uh, that uh, vision that you just gave so our global viewers and listeners will benefit tremendously from the information you shared on how cyber crimes are investigated and how uh, what needs to be there what is there and what needs to be there so even if a single crime is investigated properly based on the discussion we had today or if a single individual the develops that education and awareness because of this risk around the dialogue that we just had This is kind of dialogue has been of service, and we thank you for that. Thank you for inviting me and having me this pleasure to interact with you. And I hope to see we can talk on various topics uh, going forward in future. Absolutely wonderful! Thank you so much. So, Risk Roundup, a global initiative launched by Risk Group, is a security risk reporting for risk emerging from existing and emerging technologies, technology conversions, and transformation happening across cyberspace, geospace, and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace—they walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. It is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves. is precarious and uncertain until it is secured for everyone across nations tradition becomes our security so if we build a culture of managing risk effectively it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace 
Let's manage the existing and emerging risks together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup webcast or hear the risk roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.